Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. My guest today, Renelle Lehman, is the founder and CEO of Finito, which offers a tailor-made service to first-time job seekers leaving education and entering employment. The service offers youngsters the opportunity to gain expert advice from specialist mentors on how to write the perfect CV, exploit their best traits, and then trains them on social media such as LinkedIn. The you, me, we approach that they adopt demonstrates how closely they work with individuals in the build-up to and after finding employment. Now, on the basis, Renell, that I know lots of young people, not least my son and daughter, uh, they are already eagerly anticipating this podcast today with someone who is clearly going to mentor them through this, uh, this mind-boggling process that so many young people, and indeed middle-aged and older people looking for employment, uh, if not for the first time, then maybe for the second or third. So really, really looking forward to this chat today. And I do need to start, of course, with a very big thank you for finding the time to join us. It's a real pleasure. I'm delighted to uh, participate. Thank you. Well, I'm equally delighted to see that there are so many synergies. Uh, the loss of our father at quite a young age, the development of a work ethic being thrown into work. At, uh, I, I've seen on various channels where we've done our research on you, Ronell, uh, age of 13, working. And anyway, we'll come on to that in a, in a second. For those of you who, uh, for those who won't necessarily know who you are, easy to check you out, but uh, just to help them uh, avoid going through the Google searches, Tell us a little bit about your background, if you don't mind, and, and kind of where it all started, this great entrepreneurial flair that you've clearly developed. Where did it all start? I think it really did start with my late father. Um, he sent me to the market in the summer holidays, age 13. So on a Saturday, I was at Church Street Market in St. John's Wood, and on a Sunday, at Wembley Market. And I was selling clothes to um, anyone and everyone. Uh, the thing that it really taught me was how to interact with people, take money. Um, and in those days, we didn't have card machines um, and deal with customer complaints. And I think Esther McVeigh, who was the former Work and Pension Secretary, uh, said last year that one of the things that young people really miss today is the opportunity to go and work at 13 in a summer job. In fact, at 14, 15 or 16. Um, and it's, it's precluded um, today in, in many respects because of uh, chaperoning, parental control, risk assessment. So that by the time you get to 16, you haven't learned those skills. And then you're into your exams and you get uh, finished at school or college, go on to university. By the time you leave education, you're lacking the most important skills that you should have learned when you were younger. So that's really where my journey began, and I implore, uh, really, employers to find a way of giving young people the opportunity to learn those really important skills. 
Mm. I, I find it astonishing that people like you, clever people like you, can come up with these great ideas. And, and you're right. I mean, I think we all identify, certainly those of our generation. I'm nearly 52. So I clearly identify with that. And, and it's been a source of, uh, of great um, disquiet, I think, in, in our generation for many years, Renelle, where um, we, we are frustrated by that lack of experience. So that when we, as employers, come to interview these individuals, they do seem to lack quite a lot of the way in, in, in life skill and various others. And, and I'm, I'm just interested to know why someone with you know, your track record, you ran a PR agency for 26 years, uh, the, the City of London School, uh, Capmere at Marks and Spencers, University of Buckingham, with all of that behind you, particularly with, with this very successful business that you ran for all that time, how you would come up with such a, uh, an obviously great idea. Uh, how, how did that all, how did you transition from your corporate life as it was to, to this new business idea or opportunity? I think the thing is, in 2015, um, after, as, as you said, 26 years in, in marketing communications, um, and I started my life in recruitment, uh, worked in stockbroking, financial PR, and then ran a marketing agency. Um, the thing that defined me um, were the clients that rang up and said, could you help my son or daughter? And we always said yes. And because they were clients, we couldn't charge them. Um, half of them never said thank you for the help that they received. But the other half are all in very senior positions today and grateful. Mm. And I really looked at the market in 2015 and, and thought, you know, if you go to school, college or university, um, you graduate, you're an undergraduate, you're an international student, are you really ready for the world of work? And I concluded um, that you're not. I mean, let's not be uh, silly about it. There are many people who know exactly what they want to do, where they want to go, and they're on the pathway. But there is an equal number of people who don't know, um, who perhaps don't want to follow their parents into the professions. You know, we have a father who has a daughter who just doesn't want to be a chartered accountant. She's made it very clear. Uh, we've got others who think they'd like to be in the arts. Um, they want to do something creative. Um, there are those who want to start their own business. Uh, so there's a whole range of people, and they have views, and they want to be heard. And there's nowhere really for them to go. Um, because, you, as you know, when you're looking for work, you're just pigeonholed. Uh, and, you know, you've got graduates who will say things like, well, I did that work experience because it will look good on my CV and I'm following a career, but it's not really what I want to do. Mm. Uh, how, uh, how different, in your opinion, Renelle, are youngsters today, don't want to sound patronising here, but youngsters today compared to our generation, back in the day, you know, the good old 80s where, you know, every, every summer seemed like it was lasting three years and I'd go to to work for two hours before school, two hours after, and most of my summer holidays. Are, are we fundamentally different in, in generational terms, or are we talking about the same group of individuals who just approach things in a, in a different way? What's your experience of the way the world has changed? I think the world has got much faster. You only have to look at everybody um, uh, uh, holding a smartphone, news straight to your phone, news um, and views being expressed, the, the advent of digital social media, the um, immediacy of everything. So I think young people have a, a great passion and energy for wanting success. 
And because everything arrives quickly in their world, they expect um, the same of their employers. Uh, and I think that's something which we've had to tackle today that we didn't have 10, 15, 20 years ago. They're the same very bright young people who are ambitious and who want to make a success. Um, at the same time, you've got their parents who have struggled um, in, in previous years looking at their offspring thinking, how the hell are they going to succeed in this world? And we'll come on to the crisis that we've had in the last three months, clearly. Mm, yeah. Do you think, therefore, that you know the, that, that technology you speak about, where everything seems to be um, more accessible, everything's quicker, I think there's greater degree of expectation, perhaps even a more competitive world now than the one we lived in all those years ago. Do you think all those things in combination, Renel, ha has bred a more savvy, more employable generation, or would you say it's the other way around? Well, I think it's for the good. I mean, if you were um, an employer uh, recruiting me right now, the chances are that I would be interviewed by artificial intelligence, not by you. Mm. And there would be algorithms deciding whether I was the right person, whether I gave the quick enough answers, whether I was confident, whether I banged the table. Uh, you know, these algorithms can um, decide who goes into a shortlist or who doesn't. So you have some very, very good candidates who might um, have top degrees but are getting rejected because they're not getting through the artificial intelligence interviews. And so therefore, in the old days, you know, I could pick up the phone or write a letter and ask, well, how could I do better at my next interview? I know I didn't succeed. Um, you can't when you're recruited uh, through artificial intelligence. Um, there's no one to talk to. There's no one I'm going to give you the answers. So it is a very, very different world. Uh, I'm, I'm particularly interested to find out. Uh, I, I've often referred to myself as quite old-fashioned because I grew up in a you know, different time and worked at a different time. So embracing all the things you've just said, um, how important is it to you to ensuring your students don't forget the old-fashioned way of doing things? And I can qualify that if you want, but I think you know what I'm talking about. You know, I... I was brought up by my late father and my grandfather before him to observe certain, um, certain ways of doing things that, you know, we used to call it the proper way of doing things. And I, and I've still, I still observe those things today and try to teach my kids those things. I know that's something you're very aligned with, but would you mind just explaining what the good old fashioned way of doing things means to you and, and why you try to instill that in some of your students? You're very right. Um, I'm still learning, <laughs> by the way. Um, I mean, if you read some of my school reports, uh, they were probably the worst of any young person up until the age of 13, uh, which um, causes me to chuckle a lot when here am I helping young people to get on in life. Um, you are right about uh, what are old-fashioned ways. Um, what does old-fashioned ways really mean? It's business etiquette. And I think if you've got the right business etiquette, so when you meet somebody, you actually write and thank them after the meeting. I mean, they've actually given you their time to see you or to do a Zoom call. I think you should record your gratitude. Um, I think it shows that you understand the importance of thanking a client if you've been going out to meet them or following up with a note or actually coming up with something that um, you've thought of 
at a later moment uh, to express that you got what the issue was or the problem was. Um, it's also important for young people because you've got to stand out from the crowd. You could have a whole room full of candidates, all with um, good qualifications, all with work experience, all with great references. But how do you stand out from the crowd? Um, so writing a letter or sending an email afterwards or thanking the group of people you've met, really, really important. I think the other area is coping with rejection because you're going to get rejected. I mean, on the BBC a couple of days ago, I saw there was a young lady who she'd been rejected a hundred times. And uh, it was a, um, a pretty compelling piece uh, about, you know, the difficulties of getting a job at this time. And uh, so, you know, rejection, dealing with rejection is becoming very, very important. Uh, and, you know, how to deal with it, as an example, is, you know, to write back and say you were really sorry that, uh, you weren't selected. Um, do they have any uh, contemporaries in other firms where you might be better suited? Or, you know, could you be uh, looked at again if the opportunity arises or if there are other chosen candidates decide to go and work elsewhere? You know, th those are the most important things. I remember myself applying to the BBC when I left university, and I got a letter which said that alongside 4,000 other people, um, it was intense competition, and I hadn't been successful. I wrote famously, Dear BBC, um, you have made a mistake. Yours sincerely, Ronell Lehman. Uh, two days later, I got a letter inviting me in for an interview. Um, so the, the, the uh, um, important thing is, uh, you know, to keep um, thinking about how someone else is going to perceive you. And that includes your dress code, the way you conduct yourself. You know, it's no good starting an email with yo, you know, we had a student who wrote, yo, or hi there. You know, uh, these are things which, um, you know, I, I'm not old-fashioned by saying that's not what you should be doing, and that's not what we um, did when we were younger. Um, there is a certain way. I mean, I remember when uh, the boss walked into uh, the office, everyone stood up at their desk. Um, now, that does sometimes happen with a global head coming to a UK company. Um, but, you know, times have changed. Um, you know, rules on dress code have been relaxed. There's lots of things, but um, respect is not something that uh, should be forgotten. Now, obviously, the, the, the current situation that we find ourselves in and, uh, you know, it's causing a lot of people a lot of uh, problems, challenges, obstacles, whatever we want to call them. Uh, but nevertheless, a huge impact on society, on business, on, on individuals, both physically, mentally and financially, um, it is now a, a good reason to find an excuse or is it a great opportunity? What's the message that you would send, uh, Ronell, to younger people, not just younger people, but, you know, th this is really aimed at them as a question. I'm a young person. I'm looking for an opportunity in, in, in life or in business. And I'm kind of looking at, at the current situation. I'm thinking, well, let's just, uh, let's just take a, let's just take a year out because as we know, finding excuses, uh, is, is a very good way of deferring a problem. So for, for all those reasons, what are the particular challenges that some of the people you're working with are facing and how are they overcoming them? Well, I think firstly, we must remember all those who have sadly passed uh, during this time. There are lots of families uh, with lots of offspring, lots of young students who've lost loved ones. 
and uh, it's been a heartbreaking time. Um, now, the least that we've all had to do is to um, follow the government guidelines and, and uh, isolate ourselves to stop the spread of this uh, uh, pandemic. Um, it has thrown up a lot of um, changes in the way all of us work. Um, I mean, Finito has been well prepared for this because we've been doing artificial intelligence interviews. So all the business mentors had the tools uh, at their disposals to just work remotely and online. And all of our students have embraced that very quickly. Um, there are some who have um, become quite depressed through this period, um, even those who've got more than one offer from uh, firms giving them graduate placements, which are now either being postponed, paused, or cancelled. Uh, there are those who have had work experience um, uh, and internship uh, placements those have also disappeared. Um, and, it, you know, it is difficult. But I think when there is adversity, you have to find a way of, of climbing the wall. And we've tried to encourage everybody to look at things differently. So um, many universities are saying to their, their graduates, well, look, remain for another year, do a master's, which for some uh, students is appropriate. There are some of those, uh, some students who uh, feel strongly that they're not ready for work and they want to postpone uh, finding a job. So they'll do a master's um, because that's the best route for them. But there are others who really wanted to get started in September and, and can't. There are a large number of international students who we look after who have either been forced to stay here or return home and not sure when they can come back or whether the skills that we have taught them would be best suited to them abroad. Um, but I think the, the one uh, message is hope. Um, we will get through this, all of us. And as a business, we have used the difficulty to show um, our business mentors, our students, the parents who are worried, that um, you can still find opportunity. It's there for you right now. There is a last part to this, which is, um, there are a lot of young people who look at startups, Tech City, uh, Tech Nation, the, the whole um, ecosystem which surrounds um, using uh, the new technologies. Um, maybe now is the right time to start that business. I mean, the risks uh, are the same, but the opportunities are greater. Everything has gone online um, from you know, ordering your shopping to um, getting uh, deliveries dropped off. Everything has happened for a reason and a purpose. And so if you've got a good idea, why not start that business now? Um, the government has been uh, providing uh, help to new businesses. There's lots of advice out there. And, um, you know, if it doesn't work out, then uh, at least you've tried something. Mm. Finally, um, for those who think sitting at home is the right thing to do, and to wallow uh, in self-pity, I say go out and do something to help the community, help the NHS, make phone calls to uh, the elderly, cheer them up, um, go and pick fruit. There are lots of things you can do um, uh, to rebuild your self-esteem and to prepare yourselves for the job market. The other thing that we're, we're possibly looking at here as well, Renal, is it, it's it's a good thing to show on a CV. You know, when everyone else is sitting around, uh, wallowing, as you say, in self-pity, you know, a adopting the kind of the inertia position in life, 
you know, to actually show, even if it's not paid employment, the fact that you've actually done something proactive is going to help you. Um, if we, if we may, because I think this is a very important part of your philosophy and the way you help people, um, explain to us, if you would, the you, me, we philosophy that you adopt. I think um, many CVs that we see begin with, I am wonderful. I have done this. I have done that. I am ready for um, this opportunity or whatever. And I, we always say to, to candidates, it's you, the employer, it's me, the candidate, it's we together. And if you can uh, you know, use that philosophy in everything that you write, in the way you structure your credentials, you come across as actually understanding the employer first and foremost. Uh, then the employer needs to understand you, and then together you can actually go and achieve something. Um, if it's all about me, uh, it doesn't really resonate in the same way. Going back to what you said earlier about your application, and I loved your reply to the BBC, you know, 4,000 applications. Okay, that's perhaps not a, the greatest example of uh, the, the, the numbers of applications most potential employers might receive. But nevertheless, you're, you're going to be one of a crowd. You're going to be one of a big number of people. So without giving your secrets away, because clearly we want people to engage with you, Renell, um, what, what advice for those listening to the podcast today if I'm a youngster and I'm thinking about making myself as employable as possible, are there any, are there any golden nuggets? Are there any absolute must-dos, any absolute must-not-dos that you, you feel able to share today on this podcast to give people a, a sense of um, where the right direction, a steer in the, the right direction, uh, just to kind of help them through that initial process? Yes, I think um, that the first thing is availability. Um, you know, an employer is going to pick up the phone to you or send an email to you. Um, and, you know, you need to respond very quickly. There's no point make, making the application and then responding them two or three days later. You'd be surprised how many do. Um, the other thing is don't do these generic emails which go around to lots of firms with, with a CV. They'll never get a reply. You need to make a phone call to somebody in the first instance and actually strike up a conversation so then when you do write a letter you can say following my conversation with um i was inspired to uh, make an application and i attached my cv make the cover letter very short the whole point of the cover letter or the cover email is to actually ensure that um the person looks at your cv and then secondly um, the CV shouldn't have all the information in it because if it has all the information in it, um, I, I don't have any reason to call you in. Mm. So, you know, uh, credentials need to be short and sharp and have something that makes the prospective employer want to engage with you. And then when you get the interview, you're halfway there. And that is the most exciting thing. So everything that you do isn't about getting a job. It's about getting yourself through the door. Once you're through the door, it's, you've got every opportunity to succeed. Um, and you can prepare for those uh, uh, meetings. They are um, really important. You know, hostile questions and answers. What are the worst questions that you could be asked? We actually trained a, a young man on hostile questions and answers before a big presentation and a series of interviews. He got the job and then he rang up to complain that he never got asked any of the questions. <laughs> 
uh, which I found very, very funny. And I had to explain to him that, you know, we were trying to ask him the worst questions he could be asked so that he was prepared, which he was, and he got the job. But um, uh, he, did, he did get it eventually. <laughs> oh, well that, that's just fantastic because uh, isn't, isn't that uh, a great... Uh, indicator of the way we as human beings operate sometimes that uh, we, we always want what we can't have and um, even when we even when we dodge the bullets we still complain that we haven't had some uh, in this particular case shot at us. Um, so yes, another question is. another question Renell what what impact do you think the, the obvious changes to the way students are going to be taught for the foreseeable future um, whether that's online learning you know schools have been shut I'm particularly concerned, I know a lot of people listening would, would, would ask the same question if they had the opportunity to speak with you today, uh, impact on things like mental health, uh, general employability, you know, is there going to be less opportunity? Obviously, we've seen unemployment figures rise, so that would lead us to conclude that the opportunities are greater, but, you know, uh, education and learning is changing, uh, social media is changing, access to information is changing. W- what do you see as being the the future for things like uh, some of the mental health challenges that you mentioned earlier, employability, and anything else that you you kind of are coming across in your in your in your daily work with these young people. Well, I think the first thing was an expectation that we're going to get up in the morning and go to work and sit in an office uh, or an ivory tower, um, and uh, you know there have been huge changes. I mean, seismic changes. To the way that we work. I mean, I, I got a, um, uh, as a governor of City of London School, I got a film at Vimeo uh, yesterday just showing me this new school and how people will be expected to walk through, uh, you know, from class to class. Um, it is completely changed. Universities, the way um, uh, students are going to uh, be tutored, we've already heard that Cambridge is going to do all their uh, tutoring online. Uh, through next year so we've got young people who are saying look if I do a master's do I want to sit in my student digs uh, on a a, a zoom uh, conference calls every day what about the student experience Uh, you've got those who are saying well if I'm going to go and uh, take this uh, position am I going to have to stay at home with my family and not go to work like I was expecting you've got those who said I was going to travel um, uh, after having got my degree Uh, that's maybe not going to happen in the way that I thought. Um, So you've got, everything has changed, and what we all need to do is change with it. Now, there will be those who find it very hard, and um, our well-being is the most important thing. And, uh, you know, if you need help, get it, because there are lots of people out there who can um, provide the, um, not only the, 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 the thought and the care, but actually guide you through how behaviour has changed and how you can change with it. Mm. I, I'm, I'm sitting listening to you uh, somewhat in awe and thinking, uh, gosh, I wish I'd met Renel all those years ago. Uh, it wouldn't be nearly so challenging. But um, it's, what's next for you? Because, you know, you, you are, you're, I'm, it's difficult to have found in all our podcast guests to date a, a more comprehensive CV, let's put it that way. You know, you hold various positions, you have a wealth of experience. Um, is, is this it for you? Do you just see yourself committed to growing this business? Uh, are there other ventures that you're looking at? Because I'm going to ask you in a moment, 
to tell us a little bit more about how we get hold of you, find out more, uh, engage, of course, if, if we feel so inclined, if there's an opportunity to do that. So what, what's next for, uh, for Ronell? Well, I think, um, I mean, Finito is my uh, full-time role and I am totally passionate about what we do. We have some of the best business mentors. They are busy people who um, give of their time and they're paid very well for it to um, mentor young people and help them to get to where they want to go. We have 100% success because we do not let go of you till you succeed. It's not about giving you careers advice and then you're on your way. It's about we're there for you for the journey. So um, my ambition is to grow Finito. I think there's a huge demand for it. I think the events of the last few months are going to see us um, have even more demand, not only in the UK, but all over the world. And um, I think that uh, employers are looking at uh, Finito students and saying, do you know what? They're prepared for the world of work. And, um, you know, we're doing them a great service too. Uh, you ask about other, uh, other roles. Um, one of my great passions is Noah's Ark Children's Hospice, which opened at the end of last year um, after a £10 million fundraising campaign, massive capital appeal, um, and is helping um, those with life-limited diseases. Um, at this time, they have taken many, many children from the NHS to free up hospital beds. So that is a charity that's very, very close to my heart, and I've watched it grow and prosper. And we all know that the charity sector is facing the greatest threat at the moment. Um, so we've all got to do our bit. And, you know, you only have to look at some of the great appeals in the last three months. Um, you know, we are a united nation because we care about those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Mm. I, I would endorse everything you said about Noah's Ark. It's a charity I know well and actually one that I've helped raise money for. So, uh, yeah, for anyone who's listening, if they feel in, uh, in any way philanthropic, that is definitely a charity to, to, uh, to check out. So a um, couple of quick questions. Uh, Renell, how do we find out more? You know, you've mentioned Noah's Ark. Let's, let's include the contact information for that, if we may, but obviously Finito. Uh, and, I, and I should, as a precursor to this, uh, also recommend, uh, as I've done, you'll kind of have to send me a number of links to, to different uh, uh, mediums in which you've been quoted, uh, including Evening Standard, City M, Global Family Office Community, and, of course, through our great mutual friends, Eric Peacock, a really good article, if I may say, in the Luxury Briefing magazine. So, uh, of course, people can check you out there, but there must be website, social media presence. Uh, how do we best contact you if we want more information? Well, it's finito.org.uk and it's renell at finito.org.uk. Well, that's nice and easy, isn't it? And uh, just so those of you uh, listening don't get confused, it's R-O-N-E-L, uh, L-E-H-M-A-N-N. So final question, Ronell, if I may, uh, and it is the only one we ask all of our guests uh, because we just like to kind of go with the flow. But when we get to the last one, what we're asking for really is based on all that amazing experience, that incredible CV and all the work you've done with so many young people, uh, and not just that, but you know your previous existence and business uh, interests, if we could condense down uh, all of that great experience, the, the wins, the losses, and everything in between, and if I were to come to you as a younger version of yourself, for example, and say, uh, Ronell, could you just give me, you know, a few words of wisdom, maybe a sentence or two, if I was asking you this question, which is, 
if you could find a few words to help me navigate my way through life, and I know it's a lot more complicated than that, but if we could drill it down to just one or two simple philosophies, a mantra that you might live by that would most help me to make sense of the world in which I live today, to find employment, to move forward in life, what would those, those few words of wisdom be, Ronell? Uh, demonstrate uh, your capability, passion, integrity, trust. And by all means, show that you have a sense of humor. Do you know what? When you go and visit a prospective employer, um, if you've got a sense of humor and you can use it in the right way, it can really help you. I love that. And, and maybe, maybe that's the one thing that's, that's got me where I've got to today because I still think I'm, I'm a complete juvenile when it comes to things like uh, having, a, having a good old-fashioned laugh. And, and it is something that, unfortunately, for many reasons, many of us have forgotten the art of. So that is a particularly good piece of advice. Um, all I can say to you, and, and I know this doesn't really go close to expressing my gratitude and, and gratitude on behalf of many, many people listening, Ronell, but thank you very, very much indeed for finding the time. I know what a super busy chap you are and the fact that you've managed to squeeze this into your schedule uh, is not lost on me. And I want to take this opportunity to thank you most sincerely uh, for sharing uh, so many words of wisdom, which I know will help countless people. So thank you very, very much indeed. Sandro, you're very kind and it's been a real pleasure.